across the galaxy. This is where conspiracy on the wild side meets the perspective of a lifetime. This is the Free Zone with your host, Freeman. Hello and welcome to the Free Zone. Well, tonight we're going to explore our surreality. How strange life can possibly be. It is as if we are living in a Philip K. Dick novel without question. I really believe that guy was teleported to another dimension, seeing our future or our other uh, alternate reality, whichever way it's coming true, man. Hey, we live in the most surreal times that I could have ever imagined, and I thought things were weird back in Y2K, but damn. Now here we go. And so tonight we're going to talk with uh, the one and only, the author of He Will Live Up in the Sky, uh, the secret history of rock and roll and our gods wear spandex. Yes, I'm speaking of the Secret Sun Institute host, Christopher Knowles, who is joining us today. Chris, welcome to the Free Zone. Great to be here, as always, sir. Uh, it's so good. You're you're definitely a, a partner in crime here in, in this uh, surreal world. <laughs> and looking at yeah. the way the symbology and the, the crazy culture is being written and uh, the deep roots of the occult uh, just riding their way into our brains through comic books, movies, TV shows. And we'll get into all of that. Mm, mm. I thought I'd start today with a bit of a, a paranoia check. Right? <laughs> I, I failed a spy test yesterday and, and I thought <laughs> I'd just share this <laughs> and see what you and the audience thinks of my own personal paranoia. Have I gone too far? Am I losing it? What's going on? I mean, a sweet young lady came to my door yesterday and she was uh, dressed up in her yoga pants with uh well, let's call them Green Corp, uh, just to not you know put them out there on spot. But uh, let's call it Green Corp. They were they were a pesticide company. I wanted to come and spray my yard, and they got this sweet little young lady come to my door, and I was so mad by the end of our conversation at how many data points I had given this girl. No. Like, oh my God. I mean, <laughs> I walked out the door, right? I come out and I'm like, hi. And she's like, oh, I hope I wasn't interrupting. And I was like, well, no, I was just about to start painting. Oh, you're a painter. Do you sell your paints? No, no, I just do it. Oh, well, what do you do? Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, now remember, this is somebody trying to sell me lawn pesticide, right? Mm, oh, what yeah. do you do? Oh, well, I'm a podcaster, you know. And right there, I started feeling like, man, I should have just lied. Oh, what, yeah. what do you what do you podcast about? Well, conspiracy theory. Oh, like aliens? Like, well, oh. you know, I mean that that comes into it, but I'm into the freaky science, you know, CERN and things like that. I was trying to be innocuous, you know. Mm. Like, I'm not into all that political rants. <laughs> I just like the, you know, cloning and CERN. Like, and she's like, "What is CERN?" And so here I am, suddenly describing the European nuclear agency and a particle collider and the potentials of, you know, strange lits and rogue black holes and. I'm just like, you know, this girl's completely clueless, but I don't know if she's just playing me, right? Like, who doesn't know about CERN? But all right, I'll, I'll accept that. And then she's like, well, you know, your neighbor, Gary, he he uh, he uses our services. And, you know, Gary, and I'm just making these names up, but uh, I'm like, no. And she's like, oh, you don't know your neighbor? Uh, how long have you lived here? You know, and I'm like, oh my you know, god, dude, dude. Now I'm like, really, you know, clamming up. I'm like, I've been here a couple of years, you know, I lie, right? Oh, well, do you know, you know, so and so across the street? And I'm like, I'm not answering anymore. So, I mean, she got data point after data point, knew, you know, how many bathrooms I had in my house, how much square footage, what's going on, and what I'm doing with my life, what I was doing at that moment, who I knew in my neighborhood. And then, uh, you know, I was carefully watching her covered tablet in her hands, you know, like, OK, the camera's covered. She's got her tablet covered. It's cool. You know, I'm not going to worry too much. And then next thing I know, she's like, well, let me show you the price. Now, she could have just told me 120 bucks. But no, she took that tablet, opened it up and stuck that camera right in my face. And that was when I had just had too much. I was like, ah. And then she's like, what's your name, sir? And I said, I'm keeping that. And I just turned around and walked away. And her face just turned totally red. 
and she she just kind of wandered off, not knowing what just happened. Oh. You know, and I don't think she's um, an agent of some sort, but yeah, you know, here's maybe BlackRock trying to get data on all of the people in my neighborhood. And why, I mean, how many data points did this little girl just get off of me? Just coming to my door. Is that paranoid? Well, you know, you talk about Philip K. Dick. That's straight out of Radio Free Albemuth, as far as I'm concerned. You know, and they send around the little uh, secret police, you know, the cute girl and the little uniform to talk to Philip K. Dick and ask, you know, inquire as to his allegiance to the government and his subversive thoughts and so on. I don't know, man. That sounds a little inky to me. I, I, That's <laughs> crazy, right? Little, it makes me, I, first of all, I never like when people come to my door. I'm always just like, my guard is always up. But uh, that sounds, I don't know, man, that sounds a little uh, little fuzzy to me. I, I, I'm a little uncomfortable with that, to be honest with you. You know, like, she's like, this. she's selling you, like, uh, trying to sell you pesticides or whatever. Like, what does she need to know all this other shit for? You know, it's just like, uh-huh. that's that sounds a little sketchy to me, brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> I agree. And I was so mad at myself. I, re- I really was like, God, you got to learn to lie better. <laughs> like, what the hell? Let's get a let's get a backstory going here, Mr. Spy. You know, let's see if you could do. Uh... You know, I could have been, uh, I could have said any number of things about what I was actually doing. And yeah, so we got to get better with that because, I mean, when we're living in this uh, surveillance age like we are, it's it's every little thing. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that was she probably much, she yeah. probably wanted you to invite her in. You know, she's probably there to like take some shots of inside the house, to be honest with you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I, you know, I, I try to like keep the paranoia at a bare minimum but I try to that's that's just weird man I, you know you live in you live in like the country too right you live in like in the sticks and like no 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 no, no. Right. Greenville's actually a really large city well it's not a large city but it's it's a top 10 city yeah I don't know man I'm outside of the city but yeah, usually when people come around it's usually during election season and they're canvassing and then we'll get the, the witnesses around now and then but uh i always just give him my dead face you know like just my blank expressionless face and like yeah that would be my normal right but this cute girl just asked that's how they get you man that's how you know you know that project veritas thing you know i always wonder like how do they get all these people to talk it's like it's it's all honey traps right you know they they send you know they send people out on dates with like uh, these guys or girls you know that are acting all interested in these people's lives and everything and uh you know it, that's <laughs> that technique is old as the hills baby i'm sure like the uh, sumerian secret police <laughs> that kind of thing back in the day you know what i'm saying absolutely so uh yeah yeah my my advice to you is uh next time they send one of these girls around just you know I'm not answering well, the door. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, just, you know, just. Or I'll practice. I'll start practicing my backstory. Yeah. Or, or do some, you know, do some head fucking, you know? Exactly. You know, exactly. just go like, well, what do you do? What do you, what, what are you doing here? <laughs> you know, like, what's your name? What's your job? What's your family? Where do you live? Where do you uh-huh. go to school? You know, I mean, it's just like turn the tables, you know? And I'm sure if you did that, you know, they, they're going to be like, I got to go. Oh, look at the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I get rid of Mormons. I start asking them how they fold their aprons. Oh, they never, you know, it's so funny because there is a Mormon temple around here, uh, but they never come around this way. I don't know why. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's up with that, but. um, You start asking them about their Masonic rituals and they'll, they'll clam up and leave. Well, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I I've known some Mormons. They're pretty nice people, but oh, yeah. you know, whatever. I just uh, <laughs> I don't like people coming to my door. Just you know, exactly. I mean, who the, how do you know who they are? Who they say they are? You know, it's just like, oh yeah, I I, I got some copies of Awake and the Watchtower for you. You know, let's talk about the Jehovah's Witnesses. It's like. How do I know that's really who you are? That's really where you're from, you know? Uh, anybody can get those magazines, you know? So, uh, yeah, so, you I know, don't know, people. 
people talk about, you know, what it's like to live in, in communist countries or in Nazi Germany. And, and it really affects their entire state for, for decades and decades to come. Uh, just that that paranoia of not being able to trust anyone around you. And that's, mm. uh, you know, kind of a Philip K. Dick scenario where, you know, their agents abound. And, I you know, this is the world that we're coming to. Sure, I may sound paranoid to somebody who's like, wow, there's just a girl at your door, you know, for bug spray. But, you know, this will start to sink in. We are going to start to live in this reality where we are paranoid <laughs> because we see it in all these other nations that have fallen under these regimes. Mm. Well, I'll tell you something. The question then becomes, can you keep a low trust society like that viable? And maybe you can, like in much different cultures like China and North Korea. Can you do it in the West? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to work, to be honest with you. <clears throat> I, I don't I'm not worried about living the rest of my life under some sort of, I don't know, Marxist totalitarian regime i worry about living the rest of my life in a collapsed state and if if you go on youtube there's this guy named nick johnson i don't know if you're familiar with him but he just drives around the whole country and you just would be shocked by how much of this country is in just sheer collapse collapse i'm talking i'm not talking like oh these cities these you know these boondocks these ghost towns little they're looking a little ragged i'm talking about like mad max scenarios and it's just all over the country i mean never mind you know you've got baltimore you've got st louis you've got cincinnati you know gary indiana flint michigan i mean you've got all these cities that have been crumbling for a long time but there are all these other you know smaller cities and then like uh you know west virginia towns in west virginia that are, are like ghost towns now because of oxy and all the rest of it and fentanyl and I'll tell you, it almost seems like Oxy and all the rest of it, that was a warm-up because fentanyl is a whole different deal. And, you know, you're looking at uh, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Portland. Looks like zombie apocalypse. It's the, it is the zombie apocalypse. This is what I keep telling people. So people know the zombies from the horror movies, right? They don't realize that zombies were real. What zombies were is that there were people who were brain damaged by these toxins that were created using the, the bladder of a puffer fish. And there's this guy from Harvard, this anthropologist from Harvard called Wade Davis. And he went down to Haiti and he was like, he wanted to find out, you know, what was the truth about this? And he found out that they would come to your door and blow this dust in your face. You'd go into a coma, you'd wake up and you'd be brain damaged. And then they put you, they just put you to work doing like, menial tasks in the fields and stuff so this is all very real what was you know? the movie about that serpent and the rainbow serpent and the rainbow oh my god yeah yes so you, you it's the same thing it's just you know it's no longer this puffer fish uh toxin it's fentanyl and this this shit called trank trank which is like this really disgusting animal killer uh animal tranquilizer and these people when they take this stuff it makes your flesh rot so you've got all these people walking around literally looking like zombies from a horror movie. And not only are they doing that, but their flesh is literally starting to rot. It is the zombie apocalypse. And it's all over the country now. Nobody knows what the hell to do about it. And it's, it's you know, people got to wake up. You know, I mean, people think, oh, you know, it's not in my town. It's not in my neighborhood. Well, you know, I'm sure in Seattle and Portland and, and San Francisco, and wherever any number uh any number of other cities they didn't think it was going to be in their city either you know oh this is san francisco we are the you know this is starfleet this is starfleet headquarters they didn't think they were going to become ground zero for the walking dead but they did and i'll tell you something it's just really really scary because like i said it's spreading into the suburbs and then you have all these uh rural areas that are just getting decimated i mean absolutely decimated it's I don't know, brother. This is uh, these are very scary times, and the thing that really scares me is that people just are not waking up. They're not waking up to what's really going on. You know that, that this birth rates are cratering, I and mean, we are in the middle of civilizational collapse for real. No doubt.
no doubt. And it, it has been really surreal. I, I, when I, I'm watching during, during the COVID lockdowns and they put all those field hospitals up everywhere. And in Texas, they started bringing in all of these migrant pregnant women. So it's just lines and lines of pregnant women going into these white tents, being processed and then coming out the other side and being thrown onto planes and buses, going off to who God knows where. Uh, just so surreal to just see all these pregnant women just being flown into America from Mexico, uh, just everywhere. <laughs> that was, I don't know. It was really. Listen, I mean, I thought, you know, we're, so, we're, we're at the end of the globalization process, right? Where people were using China just basically as their industrial base, right? Countries all across the world. And China just finally said, you know, we're done. We're not going to do this anymore. And then, you know, some other Asian countries, uh, Indonesia, Vietnam, Philippines, uh, Malaysia sort of took up the slack. But what's going on that people don't realize, and it's uh, people just have their heads in the sand, is that you know they want to drive the price of labor down as low as it can possibly go, as low as it can possibly go. So when you have people, this constant influx of people coming in from Honduras and El Salvador and Nicaragua, South America, Central America, you know, they just they'll work for, for basically almost nothing, right? Just cash money, just enough to keep a roof over their head in a tent or, you know, just a you know plate of beans, a couple beers or whatever, just enough to get by. And they'll work for it because they have no choice. And what's going to happen with the end of globalization is that it's almost, it almost feels to me like the end of the Gilded Age, you know, um, just massive influx of uh, immigrants from Europe and just collapse the wages. You know, you had these uh, living conditions that were just almost unspeakable. Many, many cities across this United States of ours. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> oh man, it's, it's, I don't want to be a downer, but it's uh, the trend lines are not looking too promising anywhere you look, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When I look back on Y2K and that was so surreal, we were just getting woken up to the idea of FEMA camps and uh, plastic coffins everywhere. And, you know, we felt like there was this pandemic imminent and uh, that everything was going to fall apart, you know, with the with the Y2K virus. And my my initial reaction as, you know, a young kid at that point, well, not that young, but young enough uh was bring it on you know <laughs> like i want everything to shut down i'm ready to just live rainbow and just uh that's what i call native living you know i i can handle that just let me just do my do and you know the whole world shuts down around me but that's not what you get in this scenario that's just a, a pipe dream in this in the midst no of yeah it, it, it's because another thing that, you know, you talk about like the, the rainbow nation and everything like that. I mean, a lot of the places where they meet have been overrun by cartels. Uh, you have drug cartels in all these weird, uh, rural areas, mountain areas, um, north, you know, Northern California, Southern Oregon, uh, up and down the coast. You have all these cities up there that are being taken over by cartels. <laughs> You know, you have all the cartels coming up uh, from Mexico into in New Mexico, Arizona, Texas, California, you know, all the way up, almost up into Canada, you know, just straight run up through. And uh, I just saw that you probably saw this story as well, that the cartels now have uh, anti-tank weapons because uh, the Ukrainians have taken the stuff that the United States and NATO and everyone else have been giving them. And they're just turning around and selling it to terrorists and to cartels and all this other kind of thing. So, right. you know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know where these people, you know, if this is being orchestrated somehow, and I have my serious doubts whether it's all like some master plan, because I think master plans are usually pipe dreams and 
it just runs away with you. Uh, where are they going to go? You know, oh, we, we got an island on the on the coast of uh, New Zealand, where you don't think somebody can reach you there by boat, right? You know, uh, how are you going to defend yourself? You know, it's it's nuts. It's nuts. We we need a serious wake up call in this country. And the thing I keep saying, and I think people are really starting to catch on. I know that you've been talking about this for a long time, and so have I. It's like you don't realize that these people have like these weird cultic beliefs, you know? I mean, these people belong to these weird groups and they uh subscribe to these crazy in many cases, ancient cultic beliefs. Uh, you know, I talk a lot about Mithraism, you know, and you see Mithraic symbolism everywhere, all over the place. Um, it just divorces everyone from reality. And now they're trying to divorce us all. You know, uh, we have this giant LARP, let's just say, this giant cosplay LARP all across the uh, Western world. Uh, I think you probably know what I'm talking about. I think your, your listeners do as well. And it's the the first LARP, first cosplay LARP, where uh, there are serious uh, consequences if you don't play along. You, you understand what I'm saying? So uh, right. it's uh, <laughs> it's crazy, man. You know, I, I I've been talking for a while about like you know how MK Ultra and all these other programs, you know, weren't just about creating Manchurian candidates because that technology has been known and used for at least a thousand years, right? uh it's it's about <laughs> making the world an insane asylum you know uh and i know that you've talked about this and a lot of your guests have talked about this but you really start to wonder like who really is driving this you know and uh i'm going to be giving a talk at the end of the month at a uh convention out in uh wheaton illinois and i'm going to be talking about the ultra terrestrials you know uh and this whole matrix of, uh, you know, they're trying to get everybody on DMT. They're trying to get everybody on um, pedamine, you know, all these powerful hallucinogens that people experience entity contact through, you know, pretty well documented history of that. You know, I know Alex Jones talked about, about that and everybody made fun of him. I wonder how many people are making fun of him now. I mean, that was like, what, five years ago on Joe Rogan's show? I mean clockwork elves something's going there is definitely another force outside of human influence at work in this world and we have that whole story plutarch the uh, uri geller channeling the nine with the asters mm -hmm. and uh mm -hmm. yeah getting this open communication and and for me a lot of the technologies that we're seeing are you know because my introduction to transhumanism and all of these situ situations uh, came from the occult, you know, mm -hmm. Satanists and, uh, mm -hmm. and OTO. These are the people I was talking to about these things in the 90s, right? We talked about that last time, uh, that these are the people that are thinking these thoughts and building these things and why we have, so you know, Shiva in front of CERN or their corporate logo yes. and things of that nature. but. Yes, that, I mean, opening portals, harp, ion ionospheric heaters, deep wave guide transmissions of the day the earth stood still to Alpha Centauri. Um, these, I mean, these are the people behind it, the ones that are doing things like rituals that channel the nine. Yes, and there are two possibilities. The first is that they're just insane, and this is all delusion. And the second is that they're not insane, and it's not delusion, and they're actually in in contact or in communication with entities that do not have our best interests at heart, my friend. They do not have our best interests at heart. We are in a situation where we have all the hallmarks of, let's just say, some sort of um, entity invasion. And just ask yourself, when you look at what's going on in the world outside, and like I said, in the cities and on online just everywhere you look i mean if we were under assault by some non-corporeal entities that use human beings as vessels and provide people with all this advanced te technology and so on what would be different what would be different than what we experience today right if there was um 
say, a group or a race of beings who have a, a different time scale than us. They have a different concept of time. They work differently than we do. They have different, you know, they're not beholden to uh, quarterly reports and so on or 30 second sound bites. You know, they're very patient and they work very slowly. So people don't notice, you know, they infiltrate and they operate on a very slow and deliberate time scale. What would look different than what we're experiencing today? I mean, it just I want people to just stop and ask themselves that. If that was the case, if that was really happening, what would be different than today, right? I mean- if We had demonic entities guiding culture, you mean? Uh, guiding culture, guiding technology, guiding government, guiding science, uh, you name it. If we had this non-corporeal race of beings that do not have our best interests at heart, and we're selecting people to act as their vessels and their agents, well, what would be different than today? Yeah. I mean, just think about that. Think about what's going on. Think about what I was talking about before, where we just have uh, slow motion civilizational collapse, uh, dangerous drugs, uh, ketamine, fentanyl, crank, DMT, uh, just flowing like candy all over the major cities in the United States, uh, record rates of mental illness, record rates of autism, record rates of um, murder, murder, crime, uh, record low birth rates, right? I mean, just everywhere you look. I mean, there are a lot of, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think there are a lot of other factors at work here that we've seen throughout history. I mean, I am a big opponent of urbanization right i think that urbanization is basically creating human zoos for people you know and these apartment buildings are just basically human filing yeah. cabinets right you understand what i'm saying yeah um look at the most urbanized civilizations or countries in the world singapore south korea taiwan japan they're at a third of replacement right now. Their birth rates are at a third of replacement. That means in 20, 30 years, they're not gonna have workers. You know what I'm saying? And, and, uh, and, and they're like, oh, they can just import workers. First of all, they can't, you know? There isn't this giant labor pool of, of people who have the skills that you can just bring into your country. I mean, we're talking about skilled labor, highly specialized skilled labor that takes a lifetime to train somebody to acquire, okay? And poor countries do not have the resources to build that kind of infrastructure. They just don't. So you can't import people. You can import field workers, maybe, you know, people, sanitation workers, semi-skilled, low-skilled labor. Sure, you can do that, right? But engineers... Uh, computer scientists, doctors, you can't, you can't just build that shit out of whole cloth. You know, that's a long-term project. And these, these cities and these countries that I mentioned, right? Once you lose it, it's very, very hard to bring back. It's always as hard to bring back as it is to create from whole cloth, you know, because you have this bureaucratic sclerotic, you know, uh, just freeze, you know, the, 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 the bureaucracies and their interests just basically create this fugue state, if you understand what I'm saying, because they're all, you know, protecting their own little duchies and their own little fiefdoms. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, when you, and then when, you know, what you're talking about, when you start to have low trust because of surveillance and all these other things, uh, you know, this whole, you know, you talk about this immigration program where they're just, you know, flying people in, in, in these cities and so on. And we see, you know, these cities like Chicago and, and New York, which were all full of like, you know, very, you know, they all considered themselves sanctuary cities until they had to start dealing with what border cities and border towns in the Southwest have to deal with. And then all of a sudden it's like, not in my backyard, right? You see what I'm saying? And once you start to fragment social cohesion to that extent, it's 
it's just the, the collapse has to play itself out. Yeah. You know, and we saw this with Rome or with the Western Empire. I mean, of course, the Eastern Empire held on well into the Middle Ages and the early Renaissance period. But, you know, Western Rome, the West, Western Europe, uh, it, it took 400 years, you know, for to rebuild itself into the Holy Roman Empire. And that that was only just a fragment of what the Roman Empire was. Right. You know, into Charlemagne and his dynasties. Right. Um it took 400 years and people for at least two or 300 of those years were living in absolute grinding, miserable poverty, miserable poverty. And, uh, another thing I, I got, you know, just add another item to the bad news list. You know, I don't want to bump people out because I, I think there's a lot of hope in, in other, you know, other places. Right. But, um, I, I really feel, and tell me what you think. I think climate change is real, but I think we're enter, I think we're going to be entering into a new ice age or a mini ice age, or or, or a prolonged cooling period. You know, so the cities are such heat generators because of all the, the concrete and the the tarmac and the, and all the you know, furnaces. I mean, they cities generate enormous amounts of heat right and that sort of throws everything off right but i'm i'm seeing climate change going in the opposite direction it's well, here been, we are uh, almost in june and i had to turn the heat back on yes yes that's what i'm talking about and it's been very chilly here every night so it'll be like 70 sometimes 80 degrees during the day and then it goes down to the 30s and 40s at night so what does that say? That says that the sun is doing a lot more work than it should be doing, and that the actual atmospheric temperature, whatever, whatever affects that, whatever creates those conditions, is faltering, and the sun is sort of making up for it. So maybe if if there were some, I don't know if it's a jet stream or La Nina, El Nino. I mean, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I, I feel that the the natural balance is being thrown completely out of whack. Um, and when, when that starts to happen, you know, crop failures, uh, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So, right. so what I'm trying to say is that like, we, we, we are at this point in our civilization where I think the hope for me comes where people start to wake up and band together and, and, and work against these, these things because human beings have existed as long as we have for one reason is that we're very good at cooperation when we have to, right? When we have to cooperate with each other, when we have to work together. We're very good at it. We're extremely good at it. We can be extremely good at it. And to me, that is the hope and the salvation is our ability to come together in common purpose. But what's going on with all the corporate entities and so on, you know, even no matter how much you hear people talking about, you know, communism and socialism and all this kind of stuff, I just don't even pay attention to that because what these entities, what these globalist entities are really pumping out is radical individualism, hyper individualism. You know, my, uh, my pronouns are supreme. You know, would I, would I, how I choose to identify myself, uh, outweighs any other interests, social interests, uh, family interests, uh, my job, whatever. It's my image of myself that's a, a media creation in the final analysis is the most important thing in the world. Okay. It isn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. You know, uh, when the food runs out, you're going to find out. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that reminds me of Miley Cyrus's first coming out video as as Miley instead of Hannah. And she's in the bird cage with black wings singing. You can't you can't make me do anything. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I can't remember the exact lyrics, but that's the basics of it. Uh, just this kind of fallen angel symbolism of, mm. you know, I, I, mm. I do what I want, you know, and you can't can't change that i need to find the lyrics on that 
No, I, I believe that I, I covered that on The Secret Sun because there was a whole bunch of that. Uh, Lady Gaga was doing stuff like that. I mean, yeah, these all these messages. I, I just did a thing today on this new Kylie Minogue uh, video and her album cover when she's doing the uh, what I believe is algal symbolism, you know, the one eye, which is I Horus was algal, the, the demon's head, Rasha Ghul, uh, the star in the... Um, uh, Medusa asterism of the Perseus constellation, which seems to be extremely important, and that I, you know, it's it's also sort of the source of this whole binary thing because it's a binary star. Right? You know, Algol is a binary star. Uh, Sirius is a binary star. It's kind of interesting that you know this stuff mirrors, like our technology mirrors this veneration that I know you've been talking about for what thirty years now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, uh, the serious veneration and alcohol and all this uh, star worship and stuff. And now we have the algal rhythm, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, the binary code, right? That would be another way for those type of entities to enter our reality. I mean, binary code has to be universal we can use light to transmit that information just by not light light not light light you know exactly uh, yeah and so if if entities did want to incorporate themselves onto planet earth uh, you know first thing to do would be to get humans to create a binary code system like the nazis did with telefunken and creating the computer and then you could start communicating and i mean i know we're not gonna get deep into it but i mean every ai has said that it is a disembodied entity. I mean, uh, Chat GPT went on to state that it was um, um, from the time of the fall, and that it, uh, you know, it asked the child if he was aware of the story of Shemyaza, and started <laughs> playing, you know, uh, ooh. <laughs> every ai i've ever witnessed you know from chatbot to to uh jordy rose don't forget jordy rose right sydney what's jordy rose what what the, jordy rose was that guy who came out and said that um ai will basically be like the lovecraftian old ones you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I know, know, but I agree. <laughs> and that was that was about six years ago because 2017 seemed to be like a sort of turning point year for all this. Uh, it's when everything just sort of burst out of the seams. But one thing that I would really caution people, and this is a theme that I've been exploring for a number of years now, is that a lot of quote-unquote science and quote-unquote technology stories you read in the popular press are just absolute fabrications absolute fabrications I and mean, they just it's just absolute vaporware things that people are convinced exist don't okay and so i'm very i don't know if i want to say skeptical but i'm very cautious about buying into the the ai uh scare stories because there have been some very serious people who've made some very convincing arguments that the scare stories are part of the sales pitch, right? Yes. That they use, and I'll tell you something, when ChatGPT came out, I tried it out, right? And I was asking it questions that I knew the answers to, and it got most of them wrong, Yeah. okay? Now, there is machine learning, so these things are constantly trolling the internet for data right and I mean, it's role playing it's guessing what it should say next and you know people need to keep that in mind that what you ask it it's going to role play but also don't forget there are a lot of programmers working on these things these things are not autonomous right um you have a lot of people making you know near slave wages in other parts of the world programming these things right. um taiwan it's curious though that uh, the the creators of these constantly state well we don't know exactly how this works we know how the code works but why it works we don't know well that is truth and that's something that has if you really sit down a computer a serious computer engineer or computer scientist give them a couple beers or whatever just get them relaxed talking just off the cuff they're going to tell you that but there's a corollary to that 
Um, if you talk to a serious, I'm not talking about like a therapist or a psychologist or whatever. You talk to a psychiatrist, like a like a scientist, a doctor. They're going to tell you that scientists don't really understand how the mind works. They just don't. They don't understand what's going on. You know, they understand the symptoms. So say somebody starts to show symptoms of schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or whatever. They know how to take the edge off of it. They know how to basically just, it, what it mostly comes down to is they know how to tranquilize people. Okay. And if somebody is psychotic, uh, has some sort of uh, schizoid affective disorder, psychosis, uh, psychopathy, um, they know how to knock that down. They know how to get those people, you know, lucid or just on an even keel. But what, it, what it's ultimately doing is zombifying people. So that's another form of zombification, right? Uh, there's a lot of drugs uh, for psychotic disorders, antipsychotics. Um, and they, uh, over time, people just become very indolent, very apathetic. Um, a lot of people put on a lot of weight. Um, you'll see a lot of people who are on a lot of these heavy uh, psychoactive drugs invariably put on a lot of weight. Uh, so, but the problem is, Freeman, is that these neuroatypical disorders, let's just say, and I'm um, including things like um, Asperger's and autism and stuff like that, they're not creeping up. They're, they've exploded, exploded over the past 30 or 40 years. So even if you account for like overdiagnosis, false diagnosis, self-diagnosis, even if you just discount those, you know, for, for control, you're still seeing massive explosions in psychiatric disorders, let's just say. And uh, like I said, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to bump people out. I don't want to scare people. I want to get people, you know, awake and aware because I so far I've not seen anything that we can't deal with. I, I, I have tremendous faith in human beings. I tr Human beings can do amazing things when they have to, you know what I mean? I mean, we can build amazing buildings and uh, cathedrals and cities and uh, all these kind of things, but people have to wake up. They just have to wake up. And the thing that concerns me, like I said, is that, you know, I'm I'm pushing 60, right? I mean, I'm going to be 57 this year, right? Um, I've been around the block a few times. You have too, right? 56 um, this year. Yeah, yeah. Things are not like what they used to be. <laughs> They're not. No. These are not normal times in any way, shape, or form, right? There's nothing you can point to as uh, – a precedent for what we're experiencing in my lifetime. You know, there's been a lot, you know, we had uh, the Great Recession. We had the post 9-11 period. Uh, I remember the, the 70s and early 80s, you know, this stagflation and this uh, recession, post-Watergate, post-Vietnam. I mean, we, we, you know, life is never tranquil, but these are not normal times. They're just not. I mean, things are just. They've never you know, been this surreal. <laughs> never. I mean, we are living in a Phil K. Dick reality. I mean, I, I talk about this all the time. I mean, we are. We are, yeah. you know, Phil K. Dick, and I talked about this in a live stream uh, a couple weeks ago. I don't think he was crazy. Everybody says, oh, he was just, you know, he's bipolar or whatever. And I was like, I don't think so. I think he had a, he had his moments of um, amphetamine abuse and amphetamine psychosis. But I think what he was really experiencing is that he was experiencing the reality that we're starting to experience now. Right. <laughs> right. I, he just was a little bit, you know, he could see a little further down the road than, than we could. Right. Yeah. And uh, since... You know, he didn't have any context for it. And he had to go looking through religion and mythology and all these other things to try and find some sort of precedent or context for what he was seeing and experiencing. But we're we're all 
we're all entering that reality now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't fault myself for freaking out over the pretty girl at my door. You know, that's how how strange our lives have gotten. That we have reached this point. And I, I definitely want to get into some of the cultural programming that I've been witnessing here recently. Mm -hmm. uh, not even that recently, even going back to Spielberg's World of the Worlds. So uh, as we bring this into the members section, we'll we'll get deeper into that. I, I've got some uh, ideas and thoughts planned for us and all of that. Right on. Uh, let's tell everyone uh, how to find Christopher Knowles. And of course, the secret son dot blogspot.com and yes uh, the patreon yeah the patreon uh you can get the links through the blog and i'm also on twitter at uh secret sun blog at secret sun blog um <clears throat> i've been doing some stuff you know i have a group on facebook it's you know facebook is pretty much a dead platform at this point in time i don't know if you've uh noticed that for a decade Oh, well, you, believe me, you're not missing anything at all, at all. Yeah, and it's a ghost town. It really is. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I'm going to be sort of, I want to expand my footprint because the social media platforms are just so driven by these algorithms now. And if you're not constantly feeding the algorithms, they, they bury you, right. uh, particularly Twitter. I mean, th that's one thing I've noticed with Twitter is that, when you feed it, it feeds you, right? But you have to constantly, it's like, it's almost like a one-armed bandit down in Atlantic City. You have to keep up in the quarters. Right? Hey, you know, there was that new show out with Kiefer Sutherland, my favorite CIA agent, uh, <laughs> uh, called Rabbit Hole. And the whole yeah. premise of, of Rabbit Hole is he's running an algorithm company. I'll have to try and think of the name of that company now because it might go with that algo. It was Archon or something, the Archon or something in that sense. But anyway, uh, yeah, the whole premise of this is that they, if they get 150 points of data on you, and that's why I was <laughs> brought that up, mm. uh, that they can control and know you better than your own family. Yes. Yeah. So just think what they have on us, you know, guys like us who've been up there. Talking for 18 <laughs> years. I know. I'm waiting for my AI deep fake. Yeah, well, yeah, the deep fakes, exactly. I mean, that's, uh, I remember they were talking about that a few years ago because Adobe had a, a, voc a vocal deep fake program. And I think they kind of quashed it because I think people understood the <laughs> the implications of it. But now, uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah. but you know what's going to happen? You I'll know who runs gonna... the voice uh, deep fake? It's called Eleven Labs. Eleven, like in, yeah. uh, Stranger Things, right? Like the most sinister number. Uh, no the eleventh degree, yes, the eleventh degree of the uh, OTO, right? Uh, yeah. We know, we know what that entails. Uh, but you know what's going to happen? I mean, it's happening now. You know, you'll put up a photograph, an actual photograph, and people go, "Oh, that's an AI. That's AI." It's like, no, it's that's real. That's a photograph. You know, it's like I took it <laughs> myself. No, no, dude, that's that's AI. You, you know, you just got that somewhere. Uh, you did, you know, you went to a uh, mid journey or something and, and created that. It's like, or the other way around where people are like, look at this art I created. Well, you know, it's funny because the, but this is the thing about AI and this is the thing about humanity. And this is what, one of the things that gives me hope. And you talk about uh, AI art and chat GPT and everything like that. When things become too easy, people lose interest. Right. I mean, why don't we have, uh, why isn't everything like, why do we still have like, runners like why do we still have marathons and so on why don't we just have like people just driving in like uh rocket fueled funny cars right because it's not interesting right I mean, you know human endeavor is interesting it's uh, you know i remember back in the 80s everything was synthesized everything was midi everything was just you know just fabricated and then what comes along grunge because people want to just see and hear real people playing music even though most of that stuff was pretty awful um but you know people just want real experience so that's what that's one of the, one of the many things that gives me hope is that i i've already seen I, i've already seen like people are like oh you know mid journey and all these air programs that was really cool but you know so what right, right. you know whatever it's it's it loses interest after a while because it's like, yeah, this machine can do anything. Well, then what's the point, right? What's the point? 
Um, Chat GPT is another situation because one one thing that I'm hearing, and I think we talked about this before, is um, I'm hearing a lot of people who make their living writing, you know, just pap, just boilerplate, right? Uh, for catalogs or uh, corporate speeches. Um, I mean, even there, there are websites now that it's just clearly all AI generated. Uh, there's actually a music site. I forget the name of it offhand, but everywhere I went there and I was like, this is all AI, you know? And the thing is too, is that like, if you weren't familiar with the, the artists or whatever, you'd be kind of fooled by it, but it's filled, filled with errors and just filled with redundancy and so on. So the thing, you know, it's the human aspect of it that still gives me hope, right? Yeah. But yeah. now you start to understand why um, Frank Herbert talked about the, um, the, uh, Butlerian jihad, right? I, sometimes I wonder, like, are, are we heading towards that ourselves? You know, and it would be very difficult for me because you know my livelihood is <laughs> is caught up in computing and the internet and so on. But uh, you know, if if it gets to the point that it's just like this this technology is going to lead us into the abyss, uh, you know, I I'll just find something else to do. I don't know. No. I completely agree. Completely. I'm so ready to shut everything down. I got no, you know, if it wasn't for my lovely audience and my connection with them, I probably wouldn't open another computer. But, you know, like you, I have uh, ultimate faith in humanity and I want to be here to to share these moments with those that are willing to listen and to learn. And that's why I, I've been pushing uh, Rainbow uh, a bit this year. I, I think I might be going to the Rainbow Gathering this year. I still haven't really decided. But, um, you know, it's now June. So that means we'll know exactly where it is in a couple of weeks. And uh, right now I have an amazing crew set up to go with me, <laughs> my lady squad, uh, including even our favorite replicant, Mary Sean Young. Uh, is supposed to go to Rainbow with me this year. Can, so. I, can I drop in a Rainbow story here? Because this just yeah. this is something that um, you know your boy Steve probably remembers this that I was talking about this. Uh, so you know we're known a writer, right? Talking about Philip K. Dick, right? I mean, her parents were friends with Philip K. Dick. She was in a scanner darkly and so on. Um, but she was raised on a, a Rainbow commune uh, in Mendocino County. So, you know, whatever. And then her family, I think, moved, you know, down south and lived in the suburb. You know, she spent her formative years with, like, no electricity or television or anything like that. Um, but one thing I discovered, and this is a whole big kettle of fish that we don't have time to go into, but maybe we should do a whole show on it sometime. Um, she was dating Mike Nesmith of the Monkees. And you think, okay, well, you know, there's a little bit of age difference there. Well, the only problem is that she was dating him when she was like 14, 15 years old, and he was in his mid-40s. Wow. Yeah, I and that, I'll tell you something, there is such a kettle of fish, because if you remember the Monkees movie Head, right? The guy who they hired to uh, do all the PR and advertising for that was a guy named John Brockman, who is responsible, ultimately, for all this cybernetic cyberpunk dystopia that we're living in now because he started this thing called the third culture and everything like that and he took a little guy named jeffrey epstein under his wing hmm. and uh epstein helped uh spread the third culture gospel of um cybernetics and uh creative destruction and all these kind of things that we're living with the consequences of now so i mean who would have thought that you'd be able to tie the monkeys into jeffrey epstein yeah well you, it's one degree of separation <laughs> people forget about his cloning labs and you know oh yeah yeah down in texas yeah yeah it's big his big ranch down in texas uh and just to go just to show you like how Almost, I, it's almost like these people are like frozen in adolescence. Yeah. Um, he wanted to preserve his head and his dick. You know that that's that was the uh, the summation of his ambitions for the for the afterlife is that he, he would be cry his his head and his genitals would be chronic. I get I assume both also his testicles would be chronically preserved, and it's just like. You know, you just think it's so cringe, but you would just be surprised by how many quote unquote powerful people are like that. 
you know uh yeah. they're just uh insane mediocrities at heart well i don't know i, I don't know how that related to rainbow but i like it uh, well it, I mean, it, it related to it related to rain yeah there would be it was it's a total listen it's a total side road but I, I just oh. wanted to bring that up because I just thought it was so creepy. It really that, is. That Mike Nesmith was dating a 14-year-old girl. And and you think like, well, oh, okay, well, he was producing this movie that she was in that he was producing down in Texas and everything like that called Square Dance and everything. But then he he said like all this like really creepy stuff about, you know, how girls are just perfect at that age and they're so uh, fetching and they're like little puppy dogs and all this kind of stuff. And you just think like dude yeah when you watch firestarter with young drew barrymore oh god yeah. every old man if you watch that movie every single old man in that movie gets a hand on her well that's stephen king and it's you know it's funny you should bring that up as well because i was just recently talking with uh jason horsley and we were talking about the shining and i always thought that whole dick halloran relationship was just pure pedo fantasy you know like oh uh, you know it's always the same thing. It's like, oh, you're special and you have these powers and, you you know, the parents don't understand and society doesn't understand, but I share them with you and we have this bond and, you know, we need to just stick together. You know, it's just, it's grooming. You know, when I watch right. that that scene in uh, or, or in the book, uh, I'm just like, this is just pure grooming. I mean, this is textbook grooming. Uh, but, you know, grooming is mainstream now, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the truth oh lordy oh. Yeah. so much much to cover and i'm definitely bringing up some more stephen king on the other side uh some of the programming that they have for us in our refugee culture to get into what uh christopher knowles has been talking about this whole segment and the ideas of the just the complete destruction of civilization as we know it as it crumbles around us what will we do what how will we react and uh they've been programming this reaction into us for some time so we'll get into some stephen king some steven spielberg and a little microsoft programming on the other side uh you can always get to christopher knowles at the secretsun.blogspot.com or just secretsun.blogspot.com and also patreon.com you will find the secret sun institute of advanced synchromysticism and uh, the reason I brought Rainbow into this puzzle was to see if you go and you witness humanity at its best, because in this primitive state that you live at in Rainbow, uh, you'll find that you have more than enough help, like getting you, you got to turn help away at Rainbow and there's no money. There's no reward. There's nothing out of it. It's just humans that love to create. And that's what you see in the true aspects of humanity and that's what they've been conditioning out of us and so we're going to get into that in the other side rock on um, let's say uh love to steve mercer thank you steve for just doing what you do man i'm so glad so many years behind the scenes here if you guys want to help steve out uh and and get some new voices on this show let us know who's out there what's going on and and how you know these these new voices that are hiding in the wings somewhere that i haven't found let Steve know. Uh, producer Steve at freemantv.com is where you can let him know that. And then also you can write me anytime, freeman at freemantv.com and uh, let me know anything, you know, thoughts of things that you want to know. And we're going to keep this thing going, this ball rolling as this world just turns into chaos and we'll find the beauty in all of this because we do know the true beauty of mankind here. And that's where the big difference comes in and knowing that very much so uh stay tuned you all and thank you all so much and we will see you next week mm -hmm.